people are going to look at you and multiple other companies online before they decide to buy from you. They're gonna look at multiple websites. And if yours looks and feels like everyone else's website, they will never remember you. You're just a number. You've marginalized yourself. And I advocate that you are not a marginal company. You are clearly awesome or you would not be in business anymore, right? So let's, let's show them that so they remember you. Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor interview. Martin, how many websites have you had as a business owner? Probably three. Three? For your coaching, yeah. but what about the other businesses that you helped run? And Oh, yeah. Well, some of them were pre-web. <laughs> pre no <laughs> yeah. Probably started in 94, I think, was when we first started really seriously thinking about it. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Before the websites, eight, what, what was the big, like, what was the big, like, we got to have this, like, an ad in the yellow page, uh, I guess? Yellow, oh, well, yeah, we had one international company, so it went beyond that. But uh, yeah, Yellow Pages was number Everything. one. Mm. Yeah, number one. I had people as recently as three years ago still buying ads in uh, Yellow Pages, paying like $12,000 a year. And I said, <laughs> you got to stop. And so we get a lot of business from it. Well, they track this particular company tracks anytime anybody calls up, how'd you hear about us? And we could uh, localize $285 worth of calls. <laughs> Man. So they, they dropped that. Yeah. That's kind of, that reminds um, me of AOL. Like there's AOL still makes like tens of millions of dollars from subscribers to their service for their email just for the email, not for like actual dial up internet or whatever, right. which is just crazy to me because everything's like free for email. Um, anyways, for the personal side. Um, yeah. Well, we're talking about websites today and uh, excited to have Monica on. Monica, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. I love yeah. talking about websites. <laughs> yeah. And you've done a lot of construction specific websites. Yes, we have. We decided, what was it, in 2000. 14 that we were going to really focus on bringing in more construction clients because we loved working with them. We had similar core values and we just felt like we could serve them the best. Mm, that's great. Yeah. We're going to be talking about like what makes a decent website today and, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but I want to hear about like just overall, what is your shop like? May Creative, right? May yeah. Creative. It's May Creative Design and all of us are located in Missouri our home office is in Columbia, Missouri, and we have eight employees. We recently transitioned to a four-day work week, which we're really proud of, and we are loving our Fridays off. And when I say four-day work week, I mean four eight-hour days. That's mm -hmm. great. And, and everybody's still, still got activity up. Yep. Yeah. Um, and everybody got raises this year. Well. And so <laughs> it's still and bonuses. So we we did it up, and it was. It was a lot of change. So we've had a lot of change in this last year, but it's made us even better at what we do and much more streamlined in our processes. I feel like when you're forced to find ways to do things more efficiently, you find it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we build mostly websites, um, mostly WordPress websites, actually. We'll, we'll touch the other ones occasionally if we have to. Well, I have, uh, I have two questions for you right off the bat. Mm -hmm. uh, one is, 
Well, let me start with this one first. It's a little off the subject, but if you have four-day work weeks, mm-hmm. okay, how do you measure productivity that you got? You're doing in 32 hours what you used to do in 40 hours. So, what is a how do how are you measuring performance? This is not related directly to um, websites, but this is a big deal nowadays. Like, what mm-hmm. you know, if you had an extra day, could you do more work? You know, how well, do, how do they treat your performance? Well, we could definitely do more work in an extra day, but our version of success is having more time to ourselves Mm. um, and with our families and to be able to live life that we want to live and not just live to work. Um, But we still measure our productivity a lot in the same way. Like, did you bill out the number of hours that you needed to bill out? like, was the project done on time? Did the project come in on budget? All of those things still very much matter. The two years leading up to our transition to a four-day work week, we changed everything about how we build websites. And um, we went through and streamlined every process that we had and made it so it goes so much faster. And then we do work, what is it? I want to say 10 Fridays a year. And during those 10 Fridays a year, those are specifically geared towards working on that process and making sure that all the code is still up to date. Everything is still absolutely cutting edge. So it took a lot of effort to get the process to the point, but now we can just do more work in less time because of the way that we set everything up. And so it It sounds like you have objective criteria that you need to get done. Yes, everybody has objective okay, that's, criteria. <laughs> that's what makes it work, yeah. yeah. It's good. You know, I like- mean, design is like construction and that you can see huh. if the work is done, right? You can see it. Right. <laughs> so it's like, is that door up? Yes, no. Um, and it's the same right. thing with design. So it's easier to see if your employees are doing their jobs and mine are mm-hmm. rocking it. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's one. That's, that's pretty cool. Well, that was pulling you off the subject. Back to the subject, uh, you specialize in construction. What? Mm-hmm. What is special? What's unique? How are construction websites different than uh, general websites? What what makes a good construction website? Well, a good construction website, like any other website, is going to start with the company's goals. A lot of construction companies really revolve around their team and Mm -hmm. keeping that team hired (laughs) and full, right? Because there's like definitely a hiring challenge that people are facing in the construction industry. And so a good construction website would have, I mean, it would have excellent technology. So it's going to work for the owner of the website and also for the people visiting the website. It's going to work well for them. Um, It'll convey their values as a company through the appearance and the words. And then it would also perform for them. So it's going to allow them to build their business through the website. We consider your website your first employee because it's the first face that everybody sees and it needs to work for you. It needs to be a productive member of your team. And if that's not what your website is doing for you, then your website isn't doing its job. And I feel like people, because the website is a technological monster, will, they'll just kind of let it go. It's like the crappy employee, you know, that you're like, oh, well, I don't really know how to replace them. So it has a lot of job security in its like crappy role in your marketing um, because it is such a pain in the butt to fix. Um, But if you think about your website like an employee, you would put up with way less slack 
from an underperforming employee than you would your website. So I like to embrace that wholeheartedly and be like, hey, if it's not performing, <laughs> you should fire it and get a new one. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's a great analogy. Um, you mentioned that you have like really similar values with the construction space. What are what are some of those values that you feel like you have? We honesty, open communication, flexibility, problem solving, those are like our biggest ones right there. Gotcha. And I feel like our construction companies, they all embody the same values and they work through a process every day. It's every, like it's a systematic process to get done what needs to be done, right? And a lot of our clients are design build companies. We're a design build company and they're comfortable with working with a contractor that will take them through a process if it's well communicated and they don't fight you at every turn and try to reinvent your process. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, that's good. Cause when we start reinventing the process, then we can't work four day work weeks anymore. <laughs> we have to do something right. else. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we're going to cover really three main areas. We'll probably go off tangents a little bit, but, um, technical aspects of the website, the appearance of the website, as well as the performance of the website, which you've kind of already mentioned with the employee analogy, but I want to talk about the areas that a lot of people have questions on and probably a lot of fears around because you don't know what you don't know, but the technical side, as you know, as a business owner that's looking to invest in a website, what are some things that I need to know about the technical side? What actually matters and what should I not be spending my time worried about? Um, well, people ask me all the time, like, what system should I be building my website on? And I tell them that they need to think first about what they want to do with their website. So how is it going to function? How is it going to be a member of your team? Like, what do you want it to do physically? And then how does it need to incorporate with the other systems that you use in your business? So especially if, with, say, employment, let's say you're taking in like 50 employment applications a week. All right, well, we need to go talk to HR and we need to figure out how we can save them time with this website because they are probably spending a lot of time making duplicate entries into different systems. And we don't want that to happen. We want to streamline that stuff. And so the right system for you to build your website on is going to allow you to streamline those processes and make those systems connect. And sometimes it's a really simple connection. Sometimes it's a more complicated connection. Um, for, like I said, we build all of our websites in WordPress because we aren't building websites into a corner like we're building them from a corner. <laughs> so we're building out and we don't find a lot of things we can't do. Mm -hmm. The greatest fear I have for people is that they build this website and they put all this energy into it. And then it, and then next year when they switch softwares for their HR department, say, or their billing department, they can't use, like it's obsolete and they have to start all over again. And so that's really crappy. So that's, I would say that's one really big piece of technology is just making sure that it integrates with all of your systems. Yeah. An example of that, would that be like whenever somebody submits a form on my website to get a quote, that it goes directly into my CRM? Exactly. And then it passes through all the information that you need. So that mm -hmm. way somebody can make an intelligent like contact and conversation with that lead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Um, and I know there's even some like project management tools where you can embed a... Um, like a customer portal onto the website where the customer can log in and see project photos or their invoices and receipts and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. 
And I would say don't recreate the wheel on all that stuff. I always like to look at what people already have. Do they have something that could have a great web interface for their clients to use? Is that web interface something that their clients could use? Like, is it at their technology level? Like, are they going to be comfortable in there? Um, and if so, then let's use that. You know, let's let them talk. Because if it's directly in that software, it's going to be like, obviously, it's going to talk because it's in that yeah. software. Um, I do find people that sometimes they're like, oh, no, I just want to recreate the wheel. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe we don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then there's other things that if you really want to control the, the stream of information, you would have to integrate them. Sure. More robustly. Yeah. yeah. And there's other things like uh, mobile friendly uh, would be another technical one, um, which from what I understand, uh, it's a bit more difficult to navigate that on certain, um, like on WordPress, it might be a little bit more challenging than on a tool that limits you in a lot of capacities. They're going to make sure it's 100% mobile optimized because it's you're limited. So it's a lot easier to mobile optimize, right? Yeah. And so one of the things, I mean, WordPress gets better at it uh, every day. You need to pick the right theme that's going to do that for you and the mm -hmm. right builder for your pages. So yeah. all of our blocks and uh, systems that we use, we built them all in mass. And now we have a huge library of them and we mobile optimized them all from the very beginning. And so then when we are mobile optimizing the site, it takes far less time. So yeah. it comes out really close to right with like a few little spacing errors, right? Um, instead of a whole bunch of extra stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do find that if people don't pay attention to that, then it's going to really bog down your load time on mobile. And then people aren't going to use your site on mobile because it's going to take forever to load. Google's going to mm -hmm. start recognizing that. Then you're going to drop in the search rankings, especially on mobile. And if your main goal as a construction company is to get more people hired, you have to understand that a lot of those people might not even have a computer that they're looking for their job on. They're probably doing it on their phone. And so you need a website that's awesome on a phone. Like that's it. Otherwise, it's a barrier of entry. And that's not what you want. You want, want to make friends fast, yeah. not make friends work to make friends. I think we've right? all been on a website that we were trying to buy something from on Christmas Eve because we forgot. And then the wheel just keeps spinning. <laughs> Because uh, everyone's like, trying to do the same thing at the same time and the load time is just awful. Or the ones that have all of their products listed even when they're out of stock. Oh, my biggest pet peeve. I hate yeah. that. Don't list your stuff if it's out of stock. Just take it down. Take it yeah, down. Yeah, you click on it and you're like, oh, I'm going to get this. And then it's – or it's like it is in stock, but it's only an XXXL. And so <laughs> you you go to choose your size and it's not there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's crappy. I, I do have one other thought too. Yeah. So we talked about the yellow pages a second ago. Yeah. And um, I have ran into a lot of, especially constructing companies who, you know, they do, they've worked with the yellow pages and then they transition with the yellow pages over to like their website and design services. Or maybe they had a website and then they ran into the yellow pages and they're going to run ads for them and that kind of thing. Because that company is is trying to like adapt <laughs> to 2023. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So don't let them create you a second website. Don't, because that's not going to serve you. Like some companies need two websites, but most companies are best served with one. Um, 
And so what happens is they they will not go in and adjust your current website. It's just easier for them to create this skin of a thing. And then you're paying them to run all these ads and all this traffic to this other website. Well, that doesn't work. You want all the traffic to go to one place because when all the traffic goes to one place, you're creating mojo in that one place. It's You're sending signals to Google that what you've got out there is good, that people want to go there. You're sending signals to Google about what it's about. And, um, and when you send them to another website, you're not doing justice to your current Diminish. website, right? Yeah. So you want to focus all that energy and all that money in one spot. And if they tell you they can't track it or they tell you blah, 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 just tell them no, because Monica said no. <laughs> you need to send well, it to your normal website. <laughs> you can correct me if I'm wrong, but also, I well, I know it's happened in the past. Uh, Yellow Pages winds up owning your URL. If you want to yes. leave this their website and you can't get your stuff. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, so they own that URL and they own all the traffic that's going to it too. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to find another company just like yours and they're going to redirect that URL over to their website. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you just paid all that money to build up that traffic and that domain authority on that URL. And then they're just going to give it to somebody else because you quit working with them. So don't do that. Yeah. Don't do it. It's and sad. that's not, that's not just, uh, I won't name a bunch of names, but that's not just yellow pages. There are some national companies that come out and do all this stuff for you. And, and you yeah. find out they own it. They've got it. You don't have it. Yeah. You don't understand what's going on. Can't find anybody. Yeah. So yeah. building your own website means uh, contracting with somebody to build your own website that you own and you just have the talent and the know-how through somebody you hired to get it done. Yeah, make sure that you own your own domain. This is important. Yeah. And that you own the website once it's finished. I guess that would be another tech thing. Read the contract. Read the contract. <laughs> 100%. Read the contract that you're signing because it's nobody. No. nobody would build a house and not be able to get mail at that a house, that house right. at that address, and and not own the house after they built it and paid for right. it. Like that doesn't make any sense. But there was a lot of web design contracts that are written just that way, and so mm -hmm. that's lame. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned the multiple websites. That there's you know we do content and ads for some different folks, and what you don't realize when you have multiple websites is that you really have multiple marketing campaigns like multiple marketing budgets for each of those websites, if you're going to use them effectively. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, it doubles it, double the, or if that's if you have two, if you have four quadruple everything that you spend for the one, every, every account that you have, you've got to have a different account for each one um, to be able to make it happen. That means four Facebook accounts for the different pages. And so anyways, it, it does make way more sense to streamline it into one website for most people. If they truly are separate yeah. businesses and they have different audiences and all that kind of stuff, then yeah, you definitely want to consider another uh, website. So um, a couple other things, speaking of accounts, uh, what are t some of the accounts that people will need to have outside of, or not need to, but are good to have uh, outside of just the account for their WordPress website, for example? Um, I know that Google Linux is a good one. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we install Google Ads. Um, onto people's websites through a, a code. Uh, what are some other ones that are, are helpful to have? Well, if you were going to do Facebook ads or like meta ads, you would need to have an account over there. And I would set up a business account so that way you're not 
just sharing your page and personal information with all of your advertisers. Um, also, I love Google Search Console. That's a, a yeah. very insightful tool, not just for like your performance out on search engines and SEO, but also from a usability standpoint, it's going to tell you what's broken on your site. Um, yeah, other, let's uh, let's mean, explain what that yeah. is a little bit more. Google Search Console. What what is it? Why? How does it work? Okay, so Google Search Console tells you in its performance metrics, it's going to tell you how Google interacts with your site. So when your site is pulled up in a search and when people click on it. So it's from Google's perspective. Here's how your site is performing. Here's the words that people are searching for. And then Google Analytics is on your site. So when people are on your site, here's how they're acting. And it's from any browser. It's not just Google Analytics. Uh, or it's not just on Google Chrome, right? Chrome. Or in the Google uh, search. So yeah, th that's the differentiation between the two. And I find that I love them both. And if I'm going to really dig into a website and see if it's working, I'm going to look in both places because they both tell me a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that in performance. Uh, but it's important to know that whenever you are building your site, there are several building blocks that will help you over the long term to update your site, to grow your site, to see how it's performing. And so usually you want to install a lot of those accounts at the front end. Um, Google Tag Manager is another one that will allow you to much in a very more organized uh, and easy way add the pixels from your ads on Facebook and LinkedIn and whatever wherever else you're running ads um, to your website, the tracking code for your CRM and all those different things. Mm -hmm. um, excellent. So let's talk about the appearance, right? So branding, design, user experience, uh, even the messaging. Um, what matters when it comes to a website? Well, it should feel like you, right? It should feel like you. It should feel like your business. So mm -hmm. I was at a trade show, I don't know, a few years ago. And one of my clients, he's a great advocate of ours. He was teasing his friend. He's just razzing him. He's like, so when are you going to come over here and get a new website done? And the guy was like, well, I don't know. You know, we just built that new office and we spent a lot of money on the office. And he's like, yeah, where's your office at? And he's like, oh, you know, out in the country in the middle of nowhere. He's like, yeah, how many people are going to stop by and see that office? And he goes, well, I mean, like, I don't know, one, maybe one person a month. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you still need a new website, dude. You should give these people a call. Um, and so like his analogy there, like it is, it, it needs to feel like you. It's a lot of the times the first thing that people see about your company. And so if you, if you want them to see a specific story, we need to show them that story on the website right away. So that way they know who you are. Um, so I think that comes through in the words that you use in the way that you present the template itself, the the images that you use are super important. I am going to tell you my biggest pet peeve. I hate it. Hate it. When construction companies use stock photos. Hate it. <laughs> Stop it. Don't do yeah. it. I'm so over you. Um, because that's not what you do. Like, you don't do that stuff. Like, those are other people. They're not your people. So, show your work. And it doesn't matter to me if it's like ultimate, like highest quality, like fancy, fancy photos. I need to be able to see what's going on and they need to represent you. And so if you are a like 
multiple billion dollar company, you should have enough money mm -hmm. to have a professional photographer. You should have drone footage. You should have beautiful photos. Okay. But if you are a million dollar company, then don't like, it's okay. Like just, just clean up your job site, take the trash out, like make sure your dudes are wearing their hard hats, please. Like do not have any safety violations on your site and, and just take those photos. It's going to be way better than anything else. I just built like a 24 page booklet on <laughs> asphalt design yesterday and I refused to download any sock photos. I was like, I won't, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Not. Um, cause that's not them. Like, yeah. Anyway. So there you go. Well, Those it's so easy as well. It's, it's really not that hard, especially now that we have iPhones, like you can get good enough photos really fast, but also like, it's not that expensive to find a real estate photographer or for if you're doing residential construction, even commercial construction, a lot of time to come by, take photos of before and after for less than $500. Um, it's totally doable. Um, so you can get good photos pretty, pretty easily these days. Let, let me ask a question. I'm the least techie on here. Um, really? What is, <laughs> I know how to work this ballpoint pen, but. <laughs> Watch um, out. He's armed and dangerous. <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, Monica, when I started working, we didn't have copiers and that's the truth. 74, wow. we didn't have copiers. So I've seen. You had scribes? <laughs> we had scribes. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, voice recorders for attorneys used to be a wax tube. And, uh, what? they put it on there and spoke into that little microphone, like, uh, like the RCA Victor gramophone yeah. microphone, and then gave the tube to their, um, secretary to transcribe. Anyway. Wow. That's way off the subject. Hot day, the wax melted, you lost all your records. What is the role of, I'm a construction guy. I know what I'm doing. I know how to run my guys and things. I need this website. So I engage you. There is always the. First question is, how do I know I got somebody good? I mean, mm -hmm. if, if you can give us some tips on that, but then what's my role? Okay. I don't got to write content. I got to get these pictures. I've got to answer these questions for you. What do I have to do? Cause I don't, I really don't want to do any of it. I want the results of a website. I want leads from my website. I want it to represent me well, but I don't want to do anything because I got a job to go do. So what's my role as a construction guy? Well, it kind of depends on your budget, right? And it depends on your designer. So if you work with a company like MeCreate, we will do it all for you, literally, all of it, like from the pictures to the writing to everything, right? We need your input. You cannot be an absentee human. That will not work. We're going to, like, if you had the full package with us, you would be responsible for sitting in a meeting where we look at your designs and finalize them. You would be responsible for sitting in interviews where we talk to you and members of your team. Like I've literally set up in like boardrooms before and like just people filter in and out. And as I keep hearing the story, I keep like pulling more people in. And then once I get it, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is awesome. Um, so you would have to sit through that. You'd have to read the content. You got to read it. Like some people don't even want to read it. And I'm like, but it's like sort of telling your story. I got to make sure I said it right. Um, or whomever, like it's not always me writing. Um, and then you would need to sit in a page layouts meeting and review the designs of all your pages. And then you would need to learn how to use your website if you intend on ever updating it. And so that's how you would work with us, which obviously cuts down a lot of time. Um, not all 
designers or web developers do all those things though, right? They might not write, they might not take photos, they might not do any of that. Um, so it depends because it could be your responsibility to write it all, take all the photos, hand them all over and, you know, that might be your job. Hire an editor. It'll be great. Mm. <laughs> if you write your own content, make sure someone else reads it, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You will you will yeah. thank yourself in the long run. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good question. And then, like, how do you make sure that somebody's good? I mean, I think it's the same thing as anything else. I think you should look at the work they've done and you should call their references. Like, it's the references should be telling you the truth, right? And also, I, I do have a list of questions, uh, design company interview guide questions that I say you should ask people and see if you can stump them because if they can't answer that question, then they probably don't, they either don't know or they are really new or they just maybe don't do it the way you want it done. I don't know. No, I think that's a really valuable resource. Don't know. Yeah. Can we link to that in the show notes? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll grab yeah. that from mm -hmm. you and people can find that below. Um, okay. So from like a brand standpoint, when do I know if I, you know, should I be going backwards before I go forwards in terms of, you know, actual company branding? Can we use my logo? What's, what's your opinion on that? What's the, the, uh, inflection point? Well, I, I have very mixed feelings on <laughs> logos and brands. Because there's a lot of companies that your people are your brand, your work is your brand, your like, you know, the way you communicate is your brand. And that's a lot less revolving around a logo. Um, mm. So I, I do want people to have some type of a professional looking identity mark, even if it's just a consistent font treatment of their name and like a line right? Like some type of professional identity mark will make you look more professional for sure. Whether you invest, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in like your own Nike swoosh, that's, right. that's up to you. And I, I advocate that most people actually don't need that. Um, I just don't think they do. But I think that a professional identity mark is important. Um, because you're going to use it on everything and it's going to be, um, consistent across all things and then making sure that you're using consistent colors, consistent fonts, consistent language, um, like consistent imagery types. Like, like I said, if you're going from having normal photos of things that happen in your company to stock photos, there's, that's different. It feels different. It doesn't feel right. Um, so just keeping those things consistent is usually great for a brand, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you may have a different opinion. I mean, do you feel like everybody needs a fancy logo? <laughs> no, not everyone needs a fancy logo. I think they do need a logo. Um, mm -hmm. And I, they do need some sort of identity for sure. I think that a lot of times people um, just override it. They just, oh, I'm going to go to Fiverr and get a logo. And that can be fine. It can work. But just like with most things, you want to make sure that it's it's good enough and that it's going to last you a while. Um, so why not, you know, look into it a little bit more and make sure that you have that branding. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's worse, you know, if you're starting from scratch, it's typically not that bad. It's when someone's never paid attention to the design. And then there's all these variations out there of <laughs> we use this color here and this font here and all this. And that's whenever it gets really bad. And hey, maybe we should go backwards and make sure that we have this nailed down 
this is our style guide that we use this font, this size, we use these colors, we have these two different variations of our logo, and that's what we use on everything. Mm -hmm. And then that allows you to have consistency not only on your website, but on your digital uh, profile wherever you are, social media, um, directories, et cetera. So um, that's typically what I say. But if they have that already, um, somewhat at least, you can definitely start moving forward. Yeah, I agree. You need some type of a structure. And I also feel like internally, because a lot of companies don't just work with an external firm, right? Mm -hmm. They have people internally that are doing stuff. And so that means that there is an art director of some type in your company that has to be responsible for understanding what that brand guideline looks like. So I've had clients that don't have that and they don't pay attention to anything. And so everything has to go through me. And I, I make sure it's perfect before it goes to them because I know they're never going to change anything. Yeah. But if you are that person and you know you are, then make sure that the person who's doing the design in-house does that too. I, I just, we just hired in a new marketing assistant at May Create and she's like doing all this stuff. And I was like, no, 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 you can't use that font. And she's like, it's so fun. And I'm like, I know it's fun. <laughs> that's not our brand. <laughs> so you get, yeah. nope. You pick from one of these and that's it. And she's like, this is boring. And I'm like, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. on the other side of the appearance, and I guess this is a little, we've already talked a little bit about messaging, but when people come to you, do they typically have really good messaging in place? No. No. What is messaging no. for the construction owners out there? Oh, for me, it's like the tone of voice and the stories that you tell. And so- I love the first meetings and interviews when I interview multiple people within an organization and I can hear it. Like I hear the voice, I hear the stories, I hear the way that they talk about their employees, I hear the way they talk about their projects, the way they talk about their work, and I'll hear a shared vocabulary between all of them. And I'm like, oh, there it is. I found yeah. it. It's like I get chills when I finally find it because it's so exciting. They don't have any idea they have it, um, but they do. They do as part of their culture. It's just that's not what they do, right? Um, so I like to see authentic content on the website, like like you're you would be talking to them, right? And so right. don't just go out to ChatGPT and shovel your stuff through there and expect it to come out sounding like you, because it won't. ChatGPT yeah. doesn't sound like me either. I'm like you. <laughs> That sounded very technical. That is not the way I yeah. talk, obviously. Um, so don't do that for your copy either. You can send it through there to start, but then you need to make sure it sounds like you in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's tricky. But once you find it, you can make a document that has those statements in it that, you know, then you know, right? Once you start figuring yeah. it out, document it. So that way you, you have it and you could advise somebody in the future. There's a... Martin, have you ever watched an interview of Jeff Bezos? Maybe. Uh, not for a while. Not recently. Every Maybe. single one, he says, he, he mentions the customer. He always talks about, if there's oh, yeah. a question that, how do you do this, whatever, it's like, well, we think about the customer. And you hear him say customer just nonstop. Yeah. And he, you know he, that his PR pure, people have completely yeah. trained him to like hone in on customer. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, that's his messaging. It's like... Where, what does the customer want? You know, and that's why we do same day shipping now and in a, one hour shipping in some places. Um, but definitely two day with prime and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's what your messaging is. What, what is it every, anytime someone asks you about your business, what's the one thing you're going to say? Um, mm -hmm. 
So anyways, uh, I think that that's a huge piece that whenever people are thinking about a website, they don't think about the content of it, just like you mentioned pictures earlier, but it's also like, what are you going to say on the website and how are you going to say it? Well, that's where it's helpful to have your messaging in place. Um, and to, to, you mentioned that it's important you go through interviews, but they need to read it. <laughs> they need to read the content that you come up with before you go mm-hmm. live. And that that's why, because you're, if, if this is going to be your number one salesperson, your website, then you want to make sure that they're representing you well. Right. So. Yeah. And that they're memorable as well, yeah. because I think what happens, actually, I know what happens. You can write something with a ton of personality in it and you can have like really fun photos and make it seem like this is an amazing company that's filled, filled with real people that are going to yeah. do a great job where people want to work. And then there's this decision maker who's going to look at it and they are not going to be okay with it because it's mm-hmm. not, it's not buttoned up. It's not what they think marketing should be and they'll put the kibosh on it and then it all has to be scaled back and it has to become watered down. And the trick with that is that people are going to look at you and multiple other companies online before they decide to buy from you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're if they're coming from a referral, it could be fine, right? Because their friend told them to buy from you. And so they, they will probably work with you. But like if they're not and they're just going through this buying journey on their own and they're like looking for someone to do X, they're going to look at multiple websites. And if yours looks and feels like everyone else's website, they will never remember you. You're just a number. You've marginalized yourself. And I advocate that you are not a marginable company. You, You are clearly awesome or you would not be in business anymore, right? And you are a cool person or people wouldn't want to be friends with you or do business with you. So let's let's show them that so they remember you, right? Um, instead of just sliding into the Rolodex of business cards that no one knows who they belong to anymore. <laughs> I, I describe that in general terms as personality. Um, yeah. don't know if that's a technical term for uh, websites, but what's your personality? What's the personality of your company? And when, when we do that with people who are writing content, a lot of times they think my, my video skills are bad. I look terrible. You know, I don't write well. And I said, no, it's just chock full of personality. I'd mm-hmm. rather see personality in a poor video than an automaton, automaton, however you say it. Yeah. In a perfectly produced, you know, $5,000 video, three minute video. So. That's kind of the way I think about brand. It's more than that, but it's my personality. It's how I'm perceived. Yep. And you can show it through your words and through your pictures. Yeah. Like if if you really do value your workforce, they should be in the photos. It shouldn't just be finished product photos. There should be human beings in there. They should be working and they should look like they don't hate their jobs. And they should be wearing hard hats. Yeah. (laughs) That's a safety requirement. Yeah, I Um, I love that. I've had that happen in videos where spend a lot of money and time doing a video, lots of, you know, an hour and a half of actual shoot. And we couldn't get three minutes where somebody wasn't violating the safety. You know, guy walking smoking and flips a cigarette on the ground and you're just going, Oh my God. Driving a forklift with his elbow sticking out, looking back. And anyway, pointed out a lot of safety violations. Yeah. You're like, and this is a learning experience for everyone. (laughs) That's, you know, um, being a little bit specific, you know, Marcus Sheridan, they asked you answer, uh, marketing guy. 
but he he says uh, that's his philosophy of websites is they ask you answer. And one of the things he, I'm just interested to see if you handle this kind of thing. One of the things he asks is what's the first thing people want to know when they come to a website? And we're talking about something complex, not going to Amazon looking for a dog dish. Mm -hmm. He said, they want to know how much it costs. And everybody comes to us and says, well, I can't tell them that because I don't know. Every job's different. My competitor, no, tell them. And I wonder if you have that issue and how you handle it because it can be handled. And part of your personality is, hey, we're open about it. This is what it costs to do business with us. Might save you having to talk to a bunch of lowball tire kickers. But how mm-hmm. do you handle something like that? Um, it, well, it looks like you agree that it needs to be handled. I do agree it needs to be handled. And so for like, let's say that you are a contractor of any kind, what I would do is I'd give them like an estimating calculator. Like I try to convince all my clients to do it. Most of them are like, heck no. Um, But the estimating calculator is really cool because it allows people to solve a problem and understand how it works. Like they're teaching themselves how it works and why it's going to cost what it costs while they fill out the calculator. And if they take the time to do that, then they're going to get something that they wanted at the end and you get a lead. So that's a really powerful tool. But then also I think that if you don't want to come directly out and say it, uh, you can also have it on your contact form. So people are contacting you and you can ask them what the price range is. The price range can even change based on what service they select that they want to talk to you about. And so um, that's one of the things that we do on our contact form is we'll ask people what's your budget and it doesn't start at zero dollars. Because we don't do anything for zero dollars except for a consultation. Right. Start, at, <laughs> so, start at thirty-five thousand. <laughs> yeah, nah, not all of our websites cost thirty-five thousand. Yeah. Um, but I mean, oh no, I didn't mean that. I meant it uh, cost a thousand, right? Um, right? And so there's like a a price bracket where people choose it when they come, like submit the contact form, and then if they don't fit in the lowest price bracket, I, we don't get the lead, but that's okay because they learned what they needed to know. And we also have like a website estimator. Like you can go in and estimate your own website and see how much it would cost, right? Depending upon what you choose. So we're, we're practicing what we preach, but I agree. If what people need to know is price, then we should give it to them. If that's going to be the, the big decision-making factor, I think in, in big commercial construction projects, it's a little different because they're going to be a lot more relationship-based sales. Um, and so in that one, I feel like people go to the website and they want to know, can you do this? Not necessarily how much it's going to cost. They know it's going to cost like a billion dollars. Um, there wasn't a question in their mind, but can you do it? And so that's when your portfolio needs to be like, and that it needs to answer that question, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Two different markets there. But hey, back to the money thing, a lot of projects in portfolios section, we'll put the budget on the projects in a portfolio section so that they know, hey, they built this stadium. It costs this many like billions or millions of dollars. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, they could do that. And it does answer the price question. So, yeah, yeah, you can do that. In your and it doesn't have too. to be the exact price. It could be a range oh. if yeah. you're worried about oh, we, pricing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I've got a guy who does closets in New York and they're. $150,000 closets in, in the Hamptons. Uh, that's high end, but he gets asked all the time. So he took those three blocks that typically appear in below the fold in a, and he said, you know, starting at 25,000, 
to 30,000 and just had a bunch of examples so you could look. Then yeah. went all the way up to $100,000 plus, 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 you know, but people could get an idea. Yeah. Very cool. So I want to kind of wrap up with performance. Um, mm -hmm. What is, you know, we're, we've already talked about this can be your best salesperson. This can be a member of your team that needs to be performing. What, if I'm going to be investing this amount of money for my website to be developed and designed, what should I be expecting in return? Okay. So expecting in return. Well, first off, I think that your website should be loading quickly. And if it's not, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Um, so expect a fast loading website. And if you don't have one, optimize it until it loads quickly. Um, because that impacts your SEO and like... <laughs> No one wants to wait on hold forever to talk to someone. They're not going to wait on hold forever for your website to load either. Um, so as far as SEO goes, you should expect that you're going to have an ongoing responsibility with it. It's not just like one and done. You do need to optimize your like pages if you expect them to rank well, right? And your website proper is important. You should have a page for each one of your services that should be optimized for the key terms that people are using to search for it. And if they have kind of wildly different key terms that they're using, then you need to have more than one page for that. Like if I were going to use website design, for example, I have website design, construction website design, adaptive website design, mobile website design, website redesign. Hey, yeah, it's because they're not all the same and people are searching or different terms, right? So think about that with your business. Um, but I find one of the best ways to endeavor into SEO would be a blog or something like that. But even a projects section in your website can do that for you as well. Mm -hmm. Just continually adding content in. And if you choose for projects to be that continually added piece of content to your website, Make sure that you are formatting those pages correctly so that way they can be found in, in Google. And they show Google this is what we do because they're just going to keep adding, you know, um, I don't know, rapport with Google by updating that portfolio all the time. Yeah, so SEO is an ever, it's, it's evolving, right? It's something that's going to go on for a long time. You can't just set it and forget it if that's a big goal of yours. And then... As far as leads go, you're either going to have to have a strong SEO plan or an advertising plan in order to get those leads to come in through your website. Um, that's just the way it works. Like you can't just build it and expect people <laughs> to automatically flood through the door. <laughs> like, it, right. it takes time, right? And so that SEO is, is a time and a money, like, right? And then ads are fast you know, SEO is like a, I think of SEO as, as a marathon, ads are a sprint. So if you need results fast, you're going to need to send people there through advertisements. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, ideally you are generating qualified opportunities for your business through your website. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned earlier, if a referral sees your website that you want to have, and they already have trust in who referred them, but you want to like, Make sure that you're adding to that trust with how they feel whenever they're there. They feel like it resonates. It's exactly what they're looking for. Um, but even more so for people that are being referred by Google and they're coming from SEO or from ads, you don't want to waste money on ads uh, and then someone not convert into an opportunity for you. And so having clear call to actions, uh, having the opportunity to 
connect with you through a form submission or even just your phone number, make sure you answer the phone. Um, cause that doesn't, that's, that's a really rough one. When you spend money on the ads to generate the phone call and then you don't pick it up, um, talk about wasted money, but it happens. Um, but yeah, it can become one of your greatest resources, uh, for, for generating opportunities, for bringing in new candidates for a, for a position on your team. Um, yeah, those are, those are all important things. I think, um, with, with generating opportunities, uh, what is, you know, it's different for a lot of different types of construction, but whenever you are looking to generate opportunities, uh, through your website, what is like an average that you may be seeing of people submitting forms on the website? Or when you hear from results from clients, Hey, we just got a new opportunity through our website. Finally, we didn't have this opportunity before because we wouldn't have form submissions. What are some maybe stories or examples you have there? Hmm. That is a good question. So I don't physically like advise people on their marketing endeavors, right? Okay. Like that's something that you guys do. I, I build right. the website so that way you guys can harness the crap out of it and make it work for somebody. So what I look at a lot is more the traffic data and how people are mm. behaving on a page and how I can restructure the site or improve the loading of the site or improve the content of the site. So that way people will do what we want them to do. Um, so I, I look less at the contact form submissions and leads that are coming through than I would at the overall architecture because mm -hmm. that's my role. Um, and I would say that when people regularly add content to their website, what you can expect is that traffic is going to grow year over year. Like it's going to become exponentially more every single year. So that is an important part. You'll start and it'll be like maybe 5% of your traffic. The next year it'll probably be 10. The next year it'll be 20. And it just keeps growing and growing as you add things to your website, even if you only add them once a month. Um, I, I have looked for trends, but the businesses are all very different sizes that we work with and they're in different parts of the U.S. and work with different audiences. So it's like kind of crazy uh, how variable it is, but you should be seeing that you have a consistent influx of traffic with your year over year data, right? So things are going to change with the seasons. So you're going to have to look back at your customer and see, okay, first quarter is a slow quarter for us. Second quarter is bigger, you know, and so you'll see a lot of um, traffic coming in before people make their decisions, right? So if, if you're getting a whole bunch of leads in March, then you should be seeing traffic picking up in, in January and February, right? So you can look at your sales seasons and then go back to your website traffic and see how it fluctuates. But then after, like I said, if you've got two years with the data, I like to look at them year over year comparatively and watch those months and see, like, are they consistent, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you should have the most traffic on your homepage. That's where most people should be coming in, unless you have an amazing blog, in which case you're going to have more traffic over there. Um, you should be seeing engagement time on your website somewhere nearing a minute or more. And if it's not a minute or more, um, then something is not right, probably. Um, and yeah, views should be higher than users. <laughs> Always. 
Um, and I don't see a lot of websites that have less than at least a couple thousand people going to them a year. Like if you don't have at least a couple thousand people going to your website a year, something's not right. Um, now with the Google Analytics 4, bounce rate is depreciated and they don't have it anymore. So that used to be a metric that I talked about all the time, but you can't get it anymore. So really, we got to look at engagement time. <laughs> mm. They killed it. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, so the metrics that I would look at are engagement. And that's how long people are on your website and, and working either on a page by page basis. If you're looking at landing pages, it would be telling you on this page, this is about how long people spend on it. Um, or like on a per session basis, like they come to your website and this is about how long they're there for. So that's that minute or more metric that I want to see there. Um, views. So how many times did people view the content? Users would be how many unique devices hit the website in a time period. Um, and then I like to look at also where the traffic is coming from. I want to see, is it coming from Google? Is it coming from, like, is it direct? Is it email? Is it your ads? And then I like to see, huh, how'd that ads traffic behave? Because if the ads traffic is behaving almost as well as your, um, your Google traffic, then you're doing a great job with your ads because you're targeting people when they're, like, in the buying cycle and they're ready to buy. Um, now, if you're doing ads and they're to, like, early phase buyers – like they're just thinking about it, then they're not going to spend as long on your website and you would expect that, right? Um, and then I like to look at how, like what device people are using to view their website. Is it a tablet? Is it a, a desktop? Is it a laptop? And then make sure that they're all kind of in line. Um, if they're not, then that would be an indicator that we should really look at that device that's out of line and make sure that it's loading right, it looks right, and and it could be that you just have a completely different audience. Like it could be that your contract, like all of your uh, business comes in on your desktop, but all of your employees come in on a mobile device and you can look at what pages they go to most often. And then you can be like, okay, well that makes sense or it doesn't make sense. Right. And kind of like bucket yeah. it down. Anyway, I'm getting really techie, but these are the things that I think about when I <laughs> look at it. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um, man, lots and lots to, to glean from, but I think anything, you know, if anything you can take away from this, that this isn't just kind of a, oh, I guess we'll do that. Uh, you got to put some thought into it and to your website you need to make sure that it's going to be technically sound, that it's going to be visually appealing and that it's going to perform for you. Um, mm -hmm. and you provided some great metrics there that people can track. Uh, but also you can just look at where are opportunities coming from? Uh, and honestly, just the ability to even track your opportunities because of your website is a valuable investment because uh, what's tracked can be measured and what's measured can be improved. Right, Martin? That's what we say. That's what we say. You know, I have cool. to tell you one, one great takeaway. I always have something that I write down in particular was that a projects page can count as a blog because a lot of people have a really hard time writing a blog. But a project page, you know, with content, I mean, it has to be formatted right to be useful for SEO. I thought that's a great idea. Just put your projects up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Gives yeah, you something sure. to talk about. You don't have that blank piece of paper, what am I going to write kind of thing. 
that's that was a great idea. And I have another question. Um, what should people expect to pay for a website and ser- full services? Um, catching you as an ambush here, I guess. But some people think, well, you know, $5,000 for a website. I'm not spending $5,000 for a website or 20000 you know, a $5 million revenue uh, contractor. Can you give us an idea and then maybe what the ongoing cost budget they should at least realize is out there? Yeah. So our our smallest website program and what I feel like would be like an introductory website cost is like if you're going to do a lot of the work yourself, you're still going to end up investing $1,000 or more in your website before it's said and done because you're going to need to have hosting, you're going to need to have, figure out how to do it. You've got your time, you know, somebody's going to have to write stuff. So that's like introductory level. I am doing most of the stuff on my own. I feel like you need to budget a thousand bucks for it. Um, if not more, maybe 2000, maybe 2,500, right? Because like, let's, let's be real. If you want to connect two things and you don't want to pay a programmer to do it, you're going to have to pay for a plugin to do it. And those are a couple hundred dollars a piece, right? So that's probably where I would start for our um, like entry level. We design it all and write it all for you websites. If those are around, say, seven to 10 pages, those are going to cost you somewhere around like the five to six thousand dollar mark. And that's why a lot of people are like, well, the heck with this. If I got to pay that much to start, then why would I do it? Yeah, let's have you do it. Um So that's where those ones start. And then when you go into like the full on like custom design, that same seven to $10,000 website, or I'm sorry, that same um, five to $7,000 website with all of like the pages, say it's 10 pages with some functionality and stuff, you're going to be looking at like the seven to $10,000 mark, depending upon what's in it. And heck, we build websites that are $60,000 sometimes, but those things do backflips and run businesses. So that's a difference, right? I feel like if you're a construction company, even if you're going to build something that's really nice and has like a full-on um, like employee, like recruiting section in it, I don't know that it would need to cost more than like $20,000. That seems like it's the top end of the budget, right? Um, but that's what I would look like. And then you'll have your domain name that you'll have to pay for every year. It's going to be someplace between, you know, $5 and $25, depending upon how you buy it. And then um, you'll also have your hosting, which we charge uh, $250 a year for hosting. Um, And then, but then also you could buy cheaper hosting plans, which I don't know is the best idea because you kind of want this thing always up and running and you want it to load quickly and all those things. And your hosting is, you know, kind of the chassis it's all built on. So we should like (laughs) respect that. Um, And then last but not least, you'll have a maintenance cost. Now, now maintenance is not to be confused with a uh, retainer. Okay. So if you're contracting with a agency to do all your updates and all that kind of stuff for you, like add new employees to the site, write your project section, take photos of your projects, add all those projects, pages or blogs or whatever to your website, that's different than maintenance. Maintenance is like we need to make sure all the software is up to date and um, all your plugins are updated and that every year they're renewed and like all of the credentials are put back in so your website works flawlessly and seamlessly for everybody. 
And so those types of services are going to run you probably around like $300-ish a year um, if you have somebody who's doing it regularly. Um, like we're in there at least once a week maintaining all of our stuff so it's not hacked and it's running really well. Um, yeah. So those are the things that you would have to consider are hosting, domain name, um, and then maintenance. And then, of course, the updates would be a separate piece of those and no, they vary. That's, that's yeah. just a great idea. Great yeah, idea. It's super helpful. And I think it's good to set those expectations because a lot of times people may come and think, oh, I can do it for $1,000 or $2,000, but that's not the reality um, for a quality product. So super helpful. Well, and it should be like an investment that lasts you for a while. Like you should be able yeah. to build your site and it should last you at least three years. Um, yeah. And then you should be able to do some good maintenance on it for a couple thousand bucks. And then you should be able to run it for another two or three. And then it's time to trash it and rebuild the whole thing, basically, um, at that point. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, Monica, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for all the insight, for answering all of our questions, and um, for giving us a really good idea of what people should be looking at for their next website project. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? You can go out to maycreate.com, and that is spelled M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Or if you like my odd take on marketing and websites, you can also go listen to Marketing with Purpose. That's our podcast, and I have all kinds of antics that we go through in that as well. Absolutely. So. Yeah, definitely go and check out her show. Um, we are so thrilled to have her on and uh, would love it if you listen to one of her episodes. We'll link to her website, maycreate.com in the show notes, as well as her podcast and the resource that she mentioned for interviewing your next website project uh, designer so that you can make sure you're choosing the right uh, person to work on your website. Uh, and go and work with Maycreate if you don't want to go through the interview process and you feel like you can trust her, <laughs> right? So, um, man, so helpful. Thank you listeners for joining us uh, for another episode. Please subscribe to us on all channels and share this with anybody you think should have a listen. So thanks. Appreciate you, Monica. Thank you. Thanks, Monica. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com. 